0: Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com our podcasts are available there or wherever you like to get your podcasts thank you for subscribing and listening why do we see so many problems in the world today it seems like the more we look at events uh, we on one hand we have you know advancements i suppose in some ways technology and such but then on the other hand there's problems and difficulties and the major issues aren't solved. You know, there's still wars and rumors of wars, all of those things that Christ warned about that would happen, and we see that everywhere. And when we consider our personal lives as well, there's probably some areas that we know we need to improve in and some mistakes that we want to avoid. And ancient Israel is a really excellent example in the Bible of people that had good information, they had good knowledge, and yet they still made some pretty bad mistakes. And there's a lesson there for us to learn when we look at the history of ancient Israel. And it can help us to see how to avoid mistakes, how to avoid the pitfalls and the problems that so often plague society around us. Now, God chose Israel to be an example to the world. They were to uh, show people how to have success. And God gave Israel some very important tools that are needed for success. He gave them knowledge of his law. He gave them a type of his government. They understood the government form. And he showed them his way of life, the way to live. And so those tools were extremely important. And when we think about ancient Israel, we have to understand that no other group of people at that time had that information. Those tools were not given to any other people. And the world didn't understand God's law. They didn't know it. They didn't know about his government. They didn't know about his way of life. Because after Adam sinned, God allowed mankind to go their own way. He told them, you go your own way. You develop your own systems. And they did. They developed their own religions, They developed their own educational systems, their own governments, their own rules, their own entertainments. They did all of those things. Mankind went so far in the wrong direction, in fact, that God had to put a stop to it because it was getting so bad so fast. He had to prevent mankind from absolutely destroying himself. And so he sent the flood to wipe out that society. And he started fresh with Noah and his family. We can read this in Genesis 6. This is just some of the important history that we need to look at to understand ancient Israel and then to understand why they still had some issues, quite a few issues, and what we can learn from that. Genesis 6, we'll look at verses 5 through 8. It says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. All right this is this is the uh, the point that mankind had gotten to. They were cut off from god they Adam and Eve had rejected God, of course, Eve was deceived there, and then Adam went along with that, and so they were cut off and so they they did go and develop their own systems and had problems because of it. The result was, as Genesis six and verse five shows us that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. they didn't go out and become righteous they were wicked verse 6 and it repented the eternal that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart and so this wonderful creation of mankind and look look what it becomes they had problems major problems verse 7 and the eternal said i will destroy man whom i have created from the face of the earth both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air for it repents me that i have made them but noah Found grace in the eyes of the eternal, so Noah was an exception. He was striving to obey God, and so God worked through him. He warned people, and then you know they didn't respond to it. But but uh, Noah and his family they were spared, and society began again. But before long, mankind was back to developing their own ideas. Of course, they were making mistakes. They had a lot of problems that came from that. Genesis 11 recounts some of that history with the Tower of Babel, and they they were getting into building that tower. I think you remember the history, and God had to stop that because right away again, they were just going to build their their own ways and accelerating quickly in their evil. And so in time, God begins to work with Abraham. Abraham has a son, Isaac. And Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons. And Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And so those 12 sons are known as the 12 tribes of Israel. So God's working with Abraham and his family. And, of course, over time, as you know, they went into Egyptian slavery, and God brought them out of that slavery. And he gives Israel these precious tools, the tools of his law, of his government, and his way of life. Notice Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 through 11. It says, For you are a holy people unto the eternal your God. The eternal your God has chosen you to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. So God chose Israel, and they were his nation. Verse 7, In the eternal did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. So he's reminding Israel here that, you know, that they weren't great, but he was going to work with them. Verse 8, but because the Eternal loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers. They had that history with, you know, all the way back to Abraham. Has the Eternal brought you out with a mighty hand. They came out of Egypt, God delivered them from slavery. Out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the eternal your God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Verse 10 And repays them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hates him, he will repay him to his face. And verse 11, you, talking to Israel again, you shall therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command you this day to do them. So here God's reiterating these commandments. You know, Abraham knew them, of course. And he had passed that on to his family. And so God did give his commandments and instruction to some people over the years. But as far as a nation was concerned... You know, this was, this was uh, very important that they had this understanding. They had these commandments. They had the knowledge that they needed to make the right decisions. They could look at the law. They could look at the statutes and the judgments. And they could follow them. And the rest of the world didn't know those. So what a valuable tool that was to receive those commandments. And God says, look, go ahead and do them. <laughs> That's why they're given to you. They were given to them, and so it was a powerful tool. They had the information. They had the knowledge that they needed to make right decisions, to avoid mistakes, to not have problems like the rest of the world had. Notice this quote from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. This is uh, Lesson 20 that we're talking about today. And, of course, there's information about this in some other lessons as well, but this information in particular is in Lesson 20 And notice this quote. It says, But God chose Israel above all other nations on earth to be his own nation because of his love for and promises to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God's chosen nation, Israel, was to set an example of obedience to God for all the other nations to follow. So that is what God wanted them to do. You know, they— They had the law now. They knew how to act. They knew how to conduct themselves. They knew the direction to go to have success. And if they did that, if they made those right decisions, if they implemented the law, they'd be blessed, and then other nations could also learn from them. So this information was to spread out to more people, to be an example, to be an example. And they had these valuable tools. And that will happen in the future, uh, even though they didn't do well with it originally. The quote continues, it says, but ancient Israel failed. They failed. So again, just keep in mind, they, they were given this law. They were given this knowledge about the direction to go, what would lead to success. They had the parameters for making right decisions. They had that knowledge and yet they failed. They failed. It says instead of assuming the leadership role among nations by keeping God's commandments, the Israelites followed the ways and customs of the pagan nations around them. They had God's law, but they decided they would rather follow the nations uh, around them, their pagan customs, and the way they did things. God warned them not to do that, but they did. And they got led astray and went the wrong direction. The quote continues and says, They utterly failed to become a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You can look at that in Exodus 19, verses 5 through 6. You know, they were to be this kingdom of priests. They were to be a holy nation. They were to be this example for the world to follow. They had the information on how to be successful. They had the law. They had the government there, and they also you know, had God's way of life. They understood the direction to go, to have success. But they didn't succeed. Why? Why wasn't it possible for them to obey God? See, it wasn't possible. They, Even though they had the information, they had the right information, they still didn't obey God. Having God's law is a valuable tool, and that's easy maybe to take for granted because... The Bible is very common today in the world. Any person could probably roughly give the Ten Commandments. Even if they haven't you know, really studied them, they could probably give a few of them anyway. They could give a few of those and have some idea about it, I think, in most cases. The information's out there, at least on a certain level. And yet, we still see problems. There's a command not to lie, and yet we see lying. There's a command not to steal, yet we see stealing. So on and so forth. The information's out there, but yet people don't do it. Ancient Israel, they had that problem. The information was there, but they still didn't follow it. And the result was they made mistakes, and they had to deal with the repercussions of those mistakes. Oftentimes in people's personal lives, there can be a mistake made, and sometimes they may not have the right information, but a lot of times they do have the right information, but they just didn't do it. That can happen. It happens a lot. It's very rare that somebody even in the world, let's say, gets in trouble with the, the, the court system, the legal system of the world, and um, pays a penalty for that. It's very rare that in that instance they were oblivious to the law. They knew that there was a law, even a law of the land that said don't steal. That wasn't new information to them. The problem was they didn't want to follow it. Ancient Israel had that problem. They had the information there. They had the rules. But they didn't want to follow it. Why? Notice 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 through 11. It says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which god has prepared for them that love him see so in other words to really understand god's plan and what he's offering mankind that can't be discerned with the physical senses the eye can't discern that or see that the ear just can't hear that god has to reveal it verse 10 but god has revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things Yep, the deep things of God. And verse 11, For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. So there's a spirit of man in human beings, you know, that mind power. So they can think and they can make decisions and reason. But then there's a Holy Spirit of God as well. Ancient Israel didn't have access to the Holy Spirit. Now, the leadership did, Moses did, but most of the people did not. Moses needed it so he could do his job effectively. But the people didn't have access to that yet. That wasn't opened up until Christ came and was sacrificed. And then there was the Pentecost right after he was resurrected. And God's Spirit was given to those who he calls. John 6 and verse 44 shows that God has to do the calling. It's not open to everybody, but those who God calls, he gives the spirit to them if they accept God's calling and repent and are baptized. There's a process there. So it's essential that we have God's spirit. So that's what ancient Israel didn't have. They had the information. They had the basic law, but they didn't have God's spirit. Verse 14 says, First Corinthians two, it says, but the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So people without God's spirit, the carnal minded man, they're concerned with the, you know, physical things. Think more about that. Have their focus on that. Think about getting, pleasing the self. Man's nature is Sinful. Very sinful without God's spirit. And ancient Israel had God's law and government and way of life, but without God's spirit, they simply couldn't obey God. They didn't want to, not with any uh, sort of conviction that would really make them stick with it. Maybe momentarily they thought it would be a good idea. They did agree, after all, to obey God, but then they didn't stick with it. Notice this quote from the correspondence course. It says, until Israel, God withheld knowledge of the right ways of human living, from mankind. To Israel, God gave His statutes and judgments as well as His spiritual law, but Israel as a whole was not offered God's Spirit, and God's perfect laws did not, without God's Spirit, solve the nation's problems. The problems and evils Israel faced were of a spiritual nature, and a carnal mind without God's Spirit cannot come to grips with spiritual problems. The many decades and centuries of ancient Israel prove that. So when we look at ancient Israel and their history, we see why problems can't be solved without God's Spirit, even with the law, even with uh, a basic understanding of some do's and don'ts. It takes God's Spirit to really follow that law, to really understand it in depthly, and understand the spirit of it, of course, and then to follow it. It takes God's spirit to do that. The quote says, When the first man, Adam, rejected the tree of life and took to himself the knowledge of good and evil, he limited his power and ability to do good to the level of his human spirit. Without God's spirit, the Israelites were also limited to the acquisition and understanding of material knowledge, even though God gave them knowledge of his spiritual laws. Thus, they could not fully comprehend, let alone obey, the spiritual intent of God's law. One of the purposes, it says, of this nation was to prove by human experience that man without the Spirit of God within him cannot be righteous. Righteousness only comes from God's Spirit. It comes from God. It doesn't come out of man. You know, what comes out of man is a Jeremiah seventeen nine heart, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We have to have God's Spirit, and it has to be leading us, as we'll see. That's why the nations of this earth can't solve their problems, even the nations that have some knowledge of God's law that profess to be Christian. They know some of the law. They know some of those things. They can read it. But yet, without God's Spirit, they don't understand the depth of it, and they also don't have the power to follow it. It's foolishness to them because they're thinking carnally. And it's possible for people even that are called and that have God's Spirit to still not really use it effectively and have problems because of that. Notice Romans 8 and verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We have to be led by the Spirit of God. We have to be led by it. If we're led by God's Spirit, then we have the power to obey God, and we have to use that. We have to use that power to really go that direction. The knowledge alone isn't enough. God's Spirit has to be there leading us, and of course that leads us to greater understanding as well. But it empowers us to not only understand, but then to follow the law of God. Having God's law and government and way of life, those those things are vitally important, vitally important tools But as ancient Israel's example shows us, in order to follow God's law and government and really live his way, we have to have and be led by the Spirit of God. If you'd like to understand more about this topic, you can look at Lesson 20 of the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, and we've got quite a few books and booklets that also talk about God's Spirit. You can get more information about that at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live By Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God.